Hi, welcome back to the Good Summer Podcast, Keeping It Good with me, Jules Hamilton. It's amazing to have you back. Thank you for listening. I am talking today with two incredible humans, Jasper Tanahe and Sterling Spars. They are former Trinity students and they're now businessmen in the most incredible way. They're going to tell you all about it. So Sterling grew up on the Welsh border. He has a family who are passionate around environmental business. Uh, and he's actually going into his third year of history and politics in Trinity after taking a couple of years to do his own business and do some travelling. Jasper, meanwhile, born and lived in London with his family. He's entering his third year of TCD, studying philosophy, likes the questions. And uh, they have both founded Regeneration Dublin, which is a decentralised platform for the discussion and implementation of regenerative solutions. They have also recently founded a functional mushroom supplement company. That's what we're going to spend a lot of time talking about. And it's built on a regenerative business model. They're gaining traction and momentum. And actually, incredibly, they've had a notable recent nomination for the Earthshot 2022 prize, along with other mentorship programs. That Earthshot prize is one of the big prizes in environmental at the minute in the world they are passionate they are energetic they are enthusiastic and you will hear that in this podcast it was just magic to spend time with them hope you enjoy the conversation jasper and sterling you are so welcome to the good summer podcast keeping it good gentlemen how are you we're really well, thank you. Very well, actually. Yeah. Lovely to be here. You gentlemen have been hanging around Trinity College now for quite some years, trying different courses, <laughs> trying diff- different approaches to education, <laughs> uh, trying mushrooms, as we're about to actually yeah. discover in this podcast. You have the most incredible uh, business that you're going to tell us about. You also have the most incredible charisma, you two. Uh, it's wonderful to hang out with you. It's been wonderful to get to know you over the last number of years and massively exciting what you're going to talk about. So, gentlemen, tell us about a bit about yourselves before we get into the conversation. Who are you? Where did you come from? Um, um, I grew up in London. Which one are you, by the way? I'm Jasper, by the way. <laughs> yes. um, uh, I grew up in London. Uh, I came over to Ireland for university uh, about three years ago. Uh, I've slightly taken my time at university, having taken a year out to kind of uh, work out uh, what I actually want to do and changing course while here. So I am definitely taking my time, but I promised my parents this would be the last change, <laughs> change of plan. Um, not much else. I kind of, uh, mother's uh, from New Zealand, father's, uh, father's English, but I've yeah, I've been living in Ireland for the last three years, thoroughly enjoying it. Um, and we are hoping that if you know all goes all goes well, this could be where we stay for the foreseeable future. Cool. You're part Kiwi. I am part Kiwi. I yeah. never I knew, knew that. that. Yeah, yeah. Look at him. Oh, He's yeah. clear. <laughs> so it's not clear. So whenever England are playing the All Blacks, uh, I, I, how's that go I for you? I actually do support the All Blacks because I, I think it was fun. <laughs> it was fun at school supporting the All Blacks because they always won. Um, <laughs> he's a glorious supporter. Oh, yeah. yeah, but I that did bite me on the arse the last uh, World Cup. Um, and yes, it did. Yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, no, I do, I do actually support New Zealand. But um, I know it goes in and out. Uh, but yeah, yeah, my mother's mother's key. I go there most. I used to go there. Uh, very fortunate to go there um, a couple of Christmases when I was younger to see some family. Fabulous. Yeah. 
And who's out here out of regarding the room? So hello everyone, I am Sterling and I have grown up on the Welsh border actually. And uh, my dad's actually Australian and I have very little to no Welsh in me. But I also support Wales when Wales play England. And sort of that makes me sort of the opposite of a glory supporter in many ways. Um, Did you just say you have Aussie blood? I do have Aussie blood, yeah. I oh do. So goodness. maybe Irish blood. And actually my mum's family are from Derry originally. Yeah, they were from Derry. So a Catholic Derry family. The original Derry girl. The original Derry girl. I just lost in my accent, unfortunately. Slightly. Well, the accents come from both of you, of course, because you're my Eaton boys, uh, as, as, I, as I call you. Always had fun with the Eaton boys. Always good to see the Eaton people. Well, boys. Always good to see the Eaton boys arrive in Trinity, which means that Oxford and Cambridge have said no. <laughs> so, uh, and, and it's always just fabulous that to actually get to know you guys. So, um, you've done Trinity. I genuinely didn't know that I had an Aussie and a Kiwi with me <laughs> all, all of these years. Two of my favourite places. Uh, you didn't bring... What's, what's the nicest way to say this? Usually, whenever people from Eton arrive in Trinity, it's about the academia. It's about get the degree. It's about get the, get the, get the business degree and move on. But you guys came here and have arrived with a massive amount of passion for sustainability and the environment and actually seeing business done differently and the world work in a different way. So tell us a bit about why that is and maybe a bit about Regen Dublin, which you guys are really involved in. Um, yeah, well, we got, when we got to... Um, actually, I'd say in the year before we got to Trinity... Me and Sterling spent a bit of time. Me and Sterling spent a bit of time together, um, kind of traveling and also discussing some of these ideas. Um, I'd done uh, economics at school, and um, uh, and Sterling had given me a book called Donut Economics by Kate Raworth, which was oh yeah, pretty ch- like completely yeah. changed my perspective on um, on economics and what uh, uh, what it meant to have. Uh, and what was inherently dysfunctional in our classical economic models that we were taught at school. And so from there, we started kind of discussing these ideas, the idea of regeneration uh, as a, going beyond sustainability. And we thought that when we came to Dublin, um, the, the uh, spare time you almost have, especially in your first couple of years at university, to really engage in new ideas and um, develop them, understand them, uh, we thought it would be a perfect opportunity to possibly start some sort of organisation that looked into regenerative solutions to society. Regenerative solutions? Yeah. Right. What on earth are regenerative solutions to society's problems? So, well, so that is what basically Regen Dublin is. It's looking for regenerative solutions. And these are solutions that go beyond just sustaining, but are actually positive Mm. uh, uh, to the environment or to the society. Uh, whether that be the individual uh, or the environment of the society. And we kind of realised that there isn't really much of a distinction between those. And that actually, classically, uh, people can be slightly reductive in uh, trying to create solutions for society. But when you see it through a systemic lens and you realise that you kind of have to tackle it as a systemic problem, mm. uh, I yeah. think it can be much more effective. I think that's what people, I think, are starting to realise, maybe in light of COVID as well, that we have to start seeing some of these problems as uh, um, problems produced by the system uh, rather as individual isolated problems. Absolutely brilliant. Sterling, why do you care about that stuff? Why, why would you give your time and energy to, 
to regen Dublin? Well, because, uh, as Jasper just so eloquently put, all these problems, we have classically dealt with them in isolation. And when you move, move forward solutions that are just addressing one of these problems dealt with in, in isolation, you actually create cascading problems moving forward. And actually, wow. the magnitude of those problems increases. And so just flipping that approach and thinking, okay, how are these problems all connected and how could we come up with solutions that benefit and create solutions for them all is, okay. a, far, is a far better way of tackling and completely cutting out the problem at its root as opposed to just addressing the symptom. Yeah. Because often we're just tackling the symptom of the problem, not the root of it. And so if we want to move forward and in this place of deep urgency with sort of human systems crashing down, I mean, these two years of COVID, just human health has just completely crashed. It's a sort of the pharmaceutical industry has sort of got, is the perfect example of dealing with symptoms as opposed to root causes of health problems. And so Regen Dublin tried to flip that, has tried to flip that on its head, seeing the interconnection between all these problems and how by changing narratives, changing systems, we can address more than one problem at once and create all these cascading positive effects. Have you any examples, boys, of some actions or things that you've done so far through Regen? So, uh, admittedly, we did start Regen uh, in kind of 2020, early 2020. Wonderful timing. Wonderful timing, (laughs) as you can imagine. So, uh, the kind of in-person stuff and kind of getting off the ground, we didn't really have much opportunity we did, however, take it um, uh, or attempt to create an online platform where people could exchange ideas, uh, and then we had kind of Facebook groups um, uh, where people could come on, uh, spread ideas. We encouraged people to write about um, any ideas that they kind of um, were were reading about in this kind of forum, if, if you can call it that. Um, we then had some slightly um, kind of low-level activities, really fun activities like free yoga granny sessions um, uh, and uh, clothes swapping uh, and we managed to accumulate the year with a really cool um, event uh, called With Nature. Yeah, and tell us about that. Yeah, it was a yeah. really cool event. It was take, we did it in College Green, I think, on the cricket pitches um, where we created an image of a curlew um, as it was uh, each country we were representing Ireland was meant to represent it or to uh, present it using their uh, clothes spare clothes, uh, an image of an endangered species in the country. Uh, and so we did the curlew, and it was broadcasted kind of all the over B- the world. The BBC made a documentary about it. Yeah, really cool. So go check it out with Nature 2020. Um, curlew, for those listening who don't know what a curlew is? It's a beautiful Irish bird with a huge long beak, and it used to be all over Ireland. It has a very infamous, beautiful call. It's throughout Irish mythology, but it's do not it, very endangered. It, do I can't actually do it. You used to be able to do it. <laughs> 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 um, no, so it's really good. Actually, one thing I'd add about why we really wanted to start it as well. Firstly, when we came to Dublin, to Trinity, we were thinking Trinity's a place of progressive ideas. Yeah. At the yeah. forefront, one of the most notable universities in Ireland. We were really excited for it. And there was really, firstly, no one discussing these ideas about how to move beyond sustainability and how to transition our social systems that are all failing. But then secondly, in the context of XR, I'd worked for XR for a bit. They're, they're Ex- really extinct, being... Ex- XR being Extinction Rebellion. Okay. Uh-huh. And they're really focused on sh- showing, uh, highlighting the problems, exposing the problems within our systems. But to move forward, you also need some people focusing purely on the solutions. 
And I, when I worked there, never felt that that was, you couldn't really do both at the same time. And so we really wanted to start something that was purely solutions-based, something positive, something people could get behind and get excited about, as opposed to always hearing about how systems are collapsing. Let's start talking about the systems that should be emerging. And do you know what you've done? And that leads us really beautifully into the mushrooms. Uh, I still remember sitting with you guys in Front Square and you came up to me and said, we've got a plan for mushrooms. <laughs> it's like, great. Stu <laughs> students have a plan for mushrooms. Really? Tell me something new. But this is, this is incredible. And actually... You do you you you're doing systemically what the Northern Ireland peace process had to do in its in its early years, which was called twin tracking. So you got to have different people having similar conversations, running on on tracks beside each other. You can't just bring everything in. So while you're having these conversations on sustainability, while you're saying the systems around us are collapsing, while you're saying that we need a different approach to the world's problems, you then actually on the other track come up with something that is a solution. So you're asking better questions, you're asking better questions of yourself, and you're bringing a solution to the table. Uh, boys, tell us about the mushrooms. This is fabulous. Yeah, so you're spot on, like, something like XI is all kind of uh, problems-based, and we thought uh, it'd be really exciting to start an organisation that was looking to, uh, in its kind of own local area, uh, can be a solution. Uh, and uh, in doing so, uh, we knew that the business model was almost as important as whatever products or services we were going to be producing. Yeah, wow. Um, and, uh, and that inherently, business models uh, aren't necessarily uh, good for society and good for the environment. Yeah. Um, so not only did we want it to be circular, uh, uh, we also wanted it to be regenerative. Um, okay, so explain that. So, so like, it's brilliant because yeah. you're talking about having a business model from the start that is sustainable. Yeah. Whereas so many businesses now are looking at the practices and saying, mm. oh, we, we need to put different things into yeah. our model. We need yeah. to change how we do business. You are saying from the start, yeah. we're building our business up in these ways. What is it? You, you said circular? What circular. does that mean? So, so a circular business is one that isn't kind of producing waste. So it's a closed loop and one that we as a company will not be producing waste. And there's many, there's many uh, really cool uh, projects going on around Europe, and I think Amsterdam, Copenhagen, led by Kate, I think, yeah. or, um, who are trying to create Become a circular city. Circular city. Um, the regenerative element is the idea that we love it in our model to be regenerating in some form or, or doing good uh, to the environment around us, to society around us, beyond just making, beyond making value for ourselves, making value for others. And in essence, the company we're making is a functional mushroom company, functional, producing functional mushroom supplements. But we realised that by attempting to regenerate or help with the health of the environment around us and help with the health of the individual, we were realising that these two things are linked. You can't separate them. So, so you want to help... So, so you're doing an agricultural project that is good for the environment and it's yeah. also good for humans to engage in it as well as for you guys who are actually doing it. Yeah. So there's all different levels yeah. uh, of sustainability. Yeah. Explain the business yeah, model. So yeah, tell us what you're going to be doing. Like, uh, the, the business model starts with us taking uh, waste streams from the local economy in Dublin. Yeah. Uh, we use these waste streams as substrates to grow mushrooms on. 
uh, and these functional so mushrooms. So substrates? So substrate is kind of... Yeah, man, you got, you got to uh, use English for me, mate. So, so, <laughs> these, so what these, what these waste streams become is, is a space for almost the root of a fungi. So the, the, start, the root of the fungi is basically where all the nutrients are collected. And it's like the major part of... Wow. It's like a plant what, growing. It's yeah, so imagine, imagine you have a tree. The tree is almost mycelium and the apples is the fruiting body, is that mushroom that we also recognise. And then that whole uh, organism is, the, is, a fungi, is a fungus. So with that first stage, the inoculation stage, is where we get this uh, waste stream and we start growing... The roots on it. Uh, the roots on it. And then the second stage, you have the fruiting process where the body, the mushroom, um, comes out. And uh, from this, we extract the mushroom um, uh, and in terms of what extraction method we're using, we think we're going to use hot water extraction method because we think that's the most effective for lion's mane. But we also are keen on the idea of expanding the types of mushrooms we're producing in the future. This podcast is proudly supported by the amazing folks at Thought Collective, a team of designers and developers who create brands and digital products to captivate the crowd and communicate effectively. They make the Good Summit look great. Check them out at www.thoughtcollective.com. Okay, so listen, you're, you're so experienced and technical already. Yeah. Uh, water, what? Yeah. You know, get, and, and then, but you also said lion's mane? I, yeah. I, I was going to ask, yeah, let me ask do, uh, do I see these mushrooms in my garden? Or are you talking about yeah. something else? Uh, so, we'll stick with, so we'll stick with lion's mane, because lion's mane is the mushroom we're going to be focused on. So once we've grown this mushroom lion's mane, on the substrate, on this waste stream. Is, is that a really fancy mushroom, by the way? Would well, I recognise lion's mane? Yes, well, well you, you might not recognise it. It's not, it's not traditionally in shops. Okay. So it's not one of those classic bussin mushrooms you'll see, or even uh, portobello mushrooms, uh, or you might see shiitakes. You, you, you might see it in some shops. Okay. Uh, its appearance is kind of like a white hedgehog. And oh, its Latin wow. name is Aricimia onasis, and onasis in Latin is hedgehog. So that's kind of, so imagine a white hedgehog. Funky looking mushroom. Really funky. Really funky. Mushroom, uh, and it's got these long <laughs> this is This is where I know I have my eaten boys in the room. They're, they're giving me the Latin <laughs> name of the mushroom. That's, that's really what we know. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, they have these long dangling white spines. They're quite beautiful. And um, Fantastic. You, we might see them in kind of gourmet vegan recipes. Okay. They, they've okay. kind of got a seafoody taste and people okay. use them as like, substitutes for crab cakes, uh, lobster, all this sort of stuff. Wow. And we were actually as a business, we were, at the beginning we were doing gourmet, we were thinking of doing gourmet mushrooms rather than uh, extracting them and turning them into functional supplements. Yeah. Um, and we actually went around to do some restaurateurs uh, in Dublin and had really positive responses. Uh, and so that as a possibility, as, you know, if we, if we could do that as well, because it's a really, I think it's a really fun thing and beautiful thing uh, to cook with. Uh, but yeah, so we do go back to the mushroom. Yeah. Uh, that's what lion's mane is. Um, we uh, so you might have heard of it before. People try and put it into coffees, into blends. Um, it's kind of it's become quite popular in America and especially kind of the West Coast, Silicon Valley, uh, because it's uh, it's not it's proven to be well. The test suggests it's a nootropic. So it, the idea is that it helps with the function of cognition, memory. Um, uh, mental well-being, 
uh, and uh, has actually been used in traditional Chinese medicine for thousands of years. Um, so, which is quite, which is quite, which is quite beautiful in a way to, to be to, to be getting or to be understanding um, medicine from kind of these ancient cultures uh, and, and seeing them uh, in in the modern Fan- day. Fantastic, Sterling. Can you pick up and tell us about? You know, tell us about the processes as a good. Yeah. So what I what I'm visualising at the minute is that you're growing these mushrooms. You've got some some uh, some waste from other places in Dublin that you're using to grow them. So you're being sustainable and regenerative in that way. And you're going to make supplements uh, from mushrooms. Keep keep going with the circular thing. And okay, so just to this finish off great. this circle. So once we've taken these mushrooms off and we've turned them into supplements and herbal coffees. We then turn that what would be waste in a traditional business into this really exciting carbon-reducing animal product. Wow! And given uh, Ireland's dependence upon the agricultural uh, economy and the desperate need, if they're going to hit net zero in twenty fifty, to transition that to sustainable practices, yeah, they really need solutions, and they need solu- Ireland needs solutions fast for sustainable agricultural practices. And we have one in our in this lovely little circular system. It spits out at the end of our production line, and we play around with it a little bit to transform it into this really uh, powerful carbon-reducing product. And so that's the end of our process, and that's the tying off the circle. If you will. so, so what? Uh, how how big a deal is this? What sort of percentage well, okay, of carbon okay. released into the into the air in yeah, Ireland is from so agriculture? We're still because we're st- it's we're still early stages, but. Roughly, animal production of uh, carbon-equivalent greenhouse gas emissions accounts for 22% of Irish greenhouse gas emissions. Maybe 23. That's a lot. If, and this is a big asterisk with an if, but if all all farmers were using our agricultural products, we predict they could be reducing that percentage by about 50%. And obviously that's a big if, and it's very unlikely that we would be having the production facility to be supporting every Irish farmer. But we would be massively reducing any farms that we could link up with and connect with. But would the model connect then? You know, is, 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 if you guys have a successful business venture here, then actually the, the, the model can grow, other people can do it, and it can be yes, more exactly. circular and economy, so sustainable. Whilst we're not giving away too much detail just yet, okay. the idea is that everyone... Everyone in mushroom production should be over the next five years using our systems Mm. of taking waste because in reality, mushrooms, fungi, play the role of decomposers in life. And so the concept of waste is 250 years old. We invented it 250 years ago. Before that, there was no such thing as waste. Fungi would decompose and turn everything into value. And it's only in the last 200 years, 250 years, that we created this concept. And so in many ways, like what we see ourselves as doing at Materia Minds is relearning from nature. And it's called biomimicry. It's sort of learning and copying nature's principles. And we're using biomimicry to take all these waste streams, this big problem of waste, and create value for ourselves as a business out of it, but also create value for the farmers, create value for the local people who are having to get rid of this waste, and creating value for our customers who want mental well-being to be promoted in our first products, but health to be promoted in general. And so we're creating these multiple wins across uh, this win-win-win scenario, if you will. So when you think of normal business, this is what we uh, like to think of normal business traditionally, there's a winner and then there's a loser. So whether or not it's the business externalizing their environmental costs 
or the local community who has to bear the consequence of that, or even just as a consumer like you or I, having to change your iPhone every two years because they built in obsolescence, Ooh. so they break down every two years. I've given up on iPhone, they're just, they're, they're, it annoys me too much. Hang on, I'm just gonna hide mine <laughs> in, my, in my pocket. No, I'm not, I'm not slating anyone who has an iPhone. But, <laughs> but, but I just think, so they're always, it's a winner versus and a loser, whereas yeah. for us, we're creating win-win-win scenarios. Win, win, win. That's phenomenal. And, and yeah, planned obsolescence does my head in. Yeah. The main reason it does my head in is because I'm still working with it. Because they still have me captured and captivated by having my iPhone. You know, I love my iPhone. I love my Apple products. And I hate that they build in, that it breaks. So I need to keep buying it. So, you know... Uh, my wife and I have good conversations about this because she will, you know, she will completely disagree uh, with me. And, and, you know, she then has the courage to actually buy another phone from a different provider. Other providers are available. Uh, but, so, but, but, you know, but that I'm really, can, can we talk for a minute about that concept of waste? Yeah. Because I'm really, uh, the obsolescence that we now plan in the consumer commodification of the Western world to make things that that will break so that you need to buy more. Mm. Like that's obscene. Yeah. And why why do you say that's only 200, 250 years old, this concept of, of waste? And what other ways can we begin to challenge and change that as we go forward? Um, well, at least in terms of uh, waste in our in our society it, it is it is interesting because it does seem that it's seen as sometimes uh, a positive for example if you buy a car and you burn it you've added to your country's GDP mm. so there does seem to be something inherent in our classic models that does slightly promote it or doesn't see it as encourage a problem it, yeah, encourage, encourage it, it. Yeah. and um, and in terms of the waste being created 250 years ago um, I think that's... You, you, you like it's, it's, that. it's the Industrial Revolution, basically. And up until that point, we weren't creating anything that wasn't just going back into natural ecosystems and being regenerated into more value for something. Wow. So whether or not it was the worms who were mm. eating this stuff or all the fungi breaking yeah. it down so yeah. that the worms could eat it. Yeah. The ecosystem works in this beautiful way. All ecosystems work in this beautiful way that where so everyone's always creating value. And we're going back to that place where we're just... We're creating the conditions conducive yeah. for life and flourishing. Linear again. to circular. Yeah. Um, circular, linear, circular. So yeah, it's, so, yeah. That is superb. Guys, um, believe it or not, we've only got another like five, five ten minutes or so <laughs> left. I could sit and natter to you all day, which we have done before once, yeah. we, once we've got going. Yeah, but we have. The, um, the, you know, the, the good summer is about common good. Mm. It's about everybody playing their part, realising that they need to play their part. Well, whenever I say the words common good, what does that mean to you guys? And how can, how do you want to encourage people? Uh, because here's the thing, you're really skilled and experienced in what you're doing now. You've got a real passion. You're able to create, uh, you know, you're starting what seems to be a really successful business, starting starting from scratch with looking to, to make it in the circular economy. Uh, you haven't just fallen into it, you care passionately about this. You're the, you're the early adopters, right? You're not, you're, you're not, you're, you're, you're the innovators. Mm. Um, then there's those of us who are around you are the early adopters. Mm. You know that you need to bring in the late adopters and then even the laggards into these ways of operating within society. So how do you plan or how do you think the movements that you are passionately involved in can engage the wider 
questions of a culture that does not maybe mm. care enough about this stuff. Mm. Um, I think certainly you have some really good points. And I'll start. I think that the first thing that I think is important is realizing that change in this uh, in this movement should happen. I think uh, locally. So I think it's much more effective if you change happens at a local level and kind of reverberates out from there. And so what's, what would be so encouraging is everyone realising that they are in this together. There's no intention for domination or you know, monopoly or anything. I think it would be awesome if people to their local economies, to their local communities, try and make this positive change and allow the change to come from there rather than starting too high. Um, and that's what makes it so inclusive. And that's what makes everyone on the same page, especially when the goal is so uh, global and it involves everyone beyond ideology, beyond anything, beyond nationality. You know, it's, it's, it's the, the earth is fundamental. It's not really, it's not really an ism. It's, uh, it's, it's uh, environmentalism. It's, it's fundamental. And I think that's why as a movement, it's so positive uh, and so inclusive and empowering for everyone. Uh, and, it, and, and, and I think those ideas, I don't think are necessarily encouraged or kind of yeah, encouraged growing up or you're thought to think it's kind of you're in this competitive kind of rat race and it doesn't I think for this movement I don't, hopefully I don't think that's going to be the case Brilliant. Uh, I think he's absolutely smashed it with that one and if you look at sort of ecosystems having that diversity so local level um, action happening at local level creates diversity and diversity creates resilience. And so COVID you've seen, we have such unresilient, huge global chains. We're so unresilient as a global culture and going back to local levels is massive. Practical terms, uh, I, would, I would like to just say that Regen Dublin, we started to be this organization that everyone could pitch in and, and there was no ownership of it. It was completely non-hierarchical. There was yeah, decentralized and we envision that becoming an NGO, NGO status that could encourage and provide aid to any businesses looking to tackle systemic problems and create these win-win-win scenarios. And that, and uh, an organisation, an NGO to help these movements and more of these businesses spring up, and so, and b almost be a rubber stamp of a new way of business. And so us, Materian Minds, we're the first business to come out of Regen Dublin. We would pay a small annual subscription to keep Regen flourishing, Regen Dublin flourishing, and keep the organization going on and allow them to keep on hosting talks and activities and encouraging new businesses to pop up. But just to shout out to everyone, it, that space, that platform is there for anyone to come in and take and add new energy to and as a locally owned um, platform take off and help flourish i don't know if you want to add anything to that no spot on exactly we would love um anyone interested to get involved in region dublin um and how do they do that uh so first you can contact us uh or contact region dublin on its facebook page but probably uh, more successfully on the instagram page Regen Dublin at Regen Dublin. Uh, if you want to contact the uh, Myteria Minds or Mushroom uh, business, again, just on Instagram at Myteria Minds. So um, we'd love any 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 sort of contact. It'd be really exciting to chat to anyone. Gentle fellows, it has been an absolute treat. A real, a real treat to be inspired by you afresh and to know that uh, the world is going to be a better place because you two are playing your part in inspiring others to make it more fair, more just, more sustainable, more regenerative. Love it. A uh, couple of things to, to finish with. Uh, one sentence or one word. Answers. 
Starting Sterling. Go on. Sterling with a face that is panicked beyond belief. Sterling, what's given what's what's given you hope in the world at the minute? What's given me hope in the world at the minute? Oh, that's a bit of a tough one. Um, <laughs> one sentence or one answer. Uh, one sentence or one answer. Oh my gosh, that really is tough. Um, Jules, you know what? You hosting all these wonderful, wonderful people. We were listening to your podcast last night. Yeah, I've taken a good one there. <laughs> yeah, we were listening to all Jules's podcasts last night. Some truly inspirational um, people coming in, and Jules, your charm and hope and positivity <laughs> we need more of more people like you in the world Jules but you're, you're giving me hope oh, Sterling, thanks. Jasper you get the same question because I can't think of another yeah question. I don't think I give the same answer I, I, <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> I would I would say uh, at least experientially from my own experience you can talk about generally things you see in the news but the word I'd use is community and I'll explain that when we started this business first time we've ever really done anything and I could not have predicted how generous and how much people want to help you. You're told you're going into this world of, you know, wow. you, no one's going to give you any help, no one's going to give you any answer, all this sort of stuff. Every time we mention it to someone, people just want to help. And for whatever reason, it's given me, it's made us feel really positive about the situation. Uh, and it's uh, made me think that actually there is a lot of underlying interest and in all this sort of stuff. And people, and I think there's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to take off, and I think it's really exciting. I think people are people have been really kind and really generous with their time and efforts. Yeah. Gentlemen, genuine treat. Thank you so much for coming and hanging out. And actually, being the first podcast that has been recorded, not on Zoom, but fully using the microphone. Epic. We're, we're, we're back. Us. I hope I didn't pop my mouth too much. <laughs> <laughs> I was clapping at one stage. Yeah. It's like, you know, there is no COVID anymore. Yeah. Not a problem. I'm yeah. really able to share the mic in this way. So Epic. listen, peace to you, gentlemen. Thank yeah. you for your words and everything. I look forward to getting you to the next Good Summit and maybe on another podcast in the year to see how Epic. the business is growing. Yes, Thank please. You so much, Thank you so much. That was such a brilliant and enlivening conversation with Sterling and Jasper. I really hope you got the sense of how young people can get together, uh, have ideas and can make make those ideas happen for a better world. The next business we could be talking about on the Good Summit podcast or on a Good Summit panel, that could be you. So thanks to Jasper and Sterling, thanks for the inspiration and thanks for the actions they are taking on behalf of the world. Also, thanks to Andy and Steph, our amazing podcast production team. This is Jules Hamilton inviting you to go into the world and to keep it good. See you next time.